welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so happy you're with us today. Our guest today is one of the most stunningly brave people I have ever met in my life. And also, he's also one of the smartest people. He's a graduate of elite schools and an elite college. I think he went to Princeton, believe it or not. His life was all set up for him to be, you know, a a money man, an investment banker. He could have done anything with his life, but he, thanks to him, he He did something for us. He came across a bottle of bright red pills and he swallowed the whole thing. With us today is my wonderful, precious friend, Mark Gober. He, I I love this man. When the history, when the history, when the history of the early 21st century is finally written, Mark's name is going to be highlighted. Mark's first amazing and completely in-your-face book to the entire scientific establishment was An End to Upside-Down Thinking, dispelling the myth that the brain produces consciousness and the implications for everyday life. It was completely on the money, solid, beautifully done. He followed that terrific book with An End to Upside-Down Living, reorienting our consciousness to live better and to save the human species. Mark's third book was an end at upside-down liberty, turning traditional political thinking on its head to break free from enslavement. And, you know, we don't do politics on Seek Reality, so I thought we'd better take a pass on that one. But his fourth book was, as you know, right up our alley. It was called An End to Upside-Down Contact, UFOs, Aliens, and Spirits, and Why Their Ongoing Interaction with Human Civilization Matters. Mark has, has actually has dived a bit more into politics since then, and he's back with us today for the seventh time with another political book that we're going to talk about, wow, even though it means breaking every one of our rules and then some. It's called An End to the Upside-Down Reset, the leftist vision for society under the Great Reset, and how it can fool caring people into supporting harmful causes. And wow, that's a mouthful right there. I am making an exception for this topic because I find the whole Great Reset thing to be so completely shocking and alarming that human beings, people that we consider to be human could be so sufficiently soul dead and flat out evil to even dream of doing to other people what apparently these great reset people have dreamed up for the world is so far beyond the pale for me that I want to help Mark get the word out on this. Mark, welcome. It's great to have you back with us today. Roberta, thank you so much for that warm introduction. And I really appreciate all that you do and your willingness to discuss this topic, because I agree with you. It's very important. And from a spiritual lens, that's how I see this. This is a very significant sociological movement. We are going to talk about this from a spiritual perspective, because the people behind the Greaset, the great (laughs) Greaset, I almost said the great reset, are in fact soul dead. When you hear that topic, think 
people who are soul dead. They are not soul alive. And they treat people, people that you and I love, people that the world should love, people who have souls, people who are eternal, powerful beings. They treat them as if they are meat robots, as if they are not alive, as if they are not human beings. They treat them as if they are nothing but meat robots. That's what these great resetters are. So to fight them with everything in you, what what was it that someone during the Second World War said? He said, we have to fight the Nazis, which is what these people actually are. We have to fight them with everything in them. We have to fight them as if there's no alternative but to fight them to the death. Because if we don't fight them, with everything we have, there is nothing left. This is the end for everything, for civilization. This is the end. These people are Nazis. We fight until there's nothing left because there will be nothing left if they take over. That's it. And there are people in the United States who don't understand this, apparently. I didn't understand it, frankly, until I read Mark's book. That's how important this is. This is a spiritual issue, or we would not be talking about it today. But everything we talk about on this program, everything we've talked about over the past 10 years on this program is at risk now. Everything that you love and care about is at risk now because of this great reset thing. And that's why Mark is here today to talk about this. It's not political. If it were political, we would just, we wouldn't talk about it now. So I'm going to just basically give Mark the floor and we're going to talk about the greatest spiritual risk, not just of our lifetimes, but of any lifetime. Basically, the Nazis have come back. They put on a different face. And this time, if we let them win, there's nothing left. And with that introduction, Mark, let's go. <laughs> Thank you for that introduction. And I very much agree with you that this is an essential topic. And for me to consider whether or not to write a book like this, I had to do a lot of thinking because uh, there are touchy issues that I talk about in the book. But because this seems to be so important for society and from a spiritual lens, I felt like there was no choice but to put this book out there. And let me take a few steps back and explain what The Great Reset is just objectively. These are just facts now, because I, depending on who you talk to, there are different opinions on the Great Reset um, and different views that may or may not be true. So the Great Reset was an, a formal announcement that was made in June of 2020, so right shortly after the lockdowns. And it was made by uh, Klaus Schwab, who's the executive director of the World Economic Forum, and I'll explain what the World Economic Forum is in a moment. And he was alongside then Prince Charles. So the very powerful people were talking about this, John Kerry, Al Gore, talking about the need for a great reset of society. And COVID, in their opinion, was an opportunity to enact an ideology that had been around for a while and probably has been around throughout human civilization to varying degrees. But now that the world was locked down, uh, there was a, a way to basically rebuild society. And it's been positioned as something benevolent that this is a, a positive thing. I, of course, disagree that it's positive, but that's the positioning. Uh, I should also add that in the summer of 2020, so shortly after that announcement, Klaus Schwab wrote a book alongside his colleague Thierry Malloray, and it's called COVID-19, The Great Reset. And then there was a sequel book written about a year and a half later called The Great Narrative. 
So I emphasize this because what we'll be talking about today is their own words and extrapolating the meaning from those words. But really, this is something that's written. It's not it's not something made up um, in the World Economic Forum. So this is one of the most powerful organizations in the world. And I actually remember when I was working in Silicon Valley, I remember hearing of people that I knew who were going to the annual conference in Davos, Switzerland where world leaders and government and businesses get together and they talk about their vision for society. And when I had heard about Davos before I even was interested in these sorts of topics, before I even cared about politics or even spirituality, my view was that this was a, a very prestigious event to attend. So you had to be someone influential, and I didn't see it in any nefarious way. This was just a place where the world leaders could actually get together in one place and try to solve the world's problems. And that's very much the tone of the literature that you read. It's there are lots of problems in the world and we have the solution for you. But I, I think ultimately where this um, goes wrong, goes wrong in many ways, is that it's a small number of people relative to the global population that seeks to impose a vision on the rest of society without the explicit consent of the people. And because the World Economic Forum is so powerful, both in the public sector and the private sector, these ideals, which we're going to talk about today, could be implemented. So let me just quickly what, say, explain what I mean by the, their public sector influence and their private sector influence. In terms of public sector influence, I'm referring to the World Economic Forum's ability to impact governments. And there is um, a Young Global Leaders program that the World Economic Forum sponsors that basically um, promotes certain politicians. And these are politicians throughout global governments. Klaus Schwab has even said, we penetrate the cabinets. And people like Vladimir Putin, uh, Justin Trudeau, Emmanuel Macron of France, very, very well-known people have been part of the Young Global Leaders Program. And I, I, I don't think we should necessarily assume that every person who's been through the program is 100% on board with everything from the World Economic Forum. But I, I mention this to, because these are people who have been influenced in some way by the ideology. Uh, with regard to the private sector, there are many companies, and you can even go to the World Economic Forum's website, where there are a list of partners, and it's the basically the biggest companies in the world in almost every industry that you could imagine. So what does this mean? That means that the ideology that comes from the World Economic Forum has the ability to influence companies and governments. So if they have a plan for society, it can be implemented, or at least it can be influenced from all angles. It's fundamentally based in materialism. They flat reject the notion that anything is spiritual, that there there is no spirituality. I mean, we know, for example, that that um, everything is that consciousness is the base creative source. Um, that that uh, everything is. Created by consciousness. We know mm -hmm. that. That's what the evidence tells us. It's not something we made up. And we come here to develop spiritually. And we, we die and we are eternal beings. The evidence tells us this. This isn't something, again, that we made up. And it is a fundamental tenet of these people. It's, it's a base, not just belief, but it is a certainty of these people that there is no Afterlife. After they die, they blink out like a light. Each of these people will blink out like a light. That's what they believe. So all of the things that we talk about 
and seek reality, which we know to be true, which in fact are true. We're talking seeking reality is fundamental to everything that we know to be true. And we do seek it and we know it to be true. It isn't just a belief. So what the hell are these people doing? I don't I, I don't get it. It's like they're playing an idiot child's game when they talk about taking over the world with their beliefs, when their beliefs are not even true. Well, that's what stood out to me, Roberta, especially given where I've come from in the last several years. My first book was all about the nature of consciousness and that it doesn't right. come from the brain. And so I, I say, oh, there's a great reset, a plan for society, and I'm expecting to see a spiritual revolution, and I actually see the inverse. I see right. a lot of talk about the consolidation of control, the implementation of technology to actually maybe change what a human being is. Of course, it's marketed as we're going to make uh, a better form of a human with the with artificial intelligence and things like that, but I'm not hearing about a spiritual revolution. So to me, that was the big omission if you read the literature. Um, and in fact, there are various people who are involved with the World Economic Forum, like Yuval Noah Harari, who wrote the book Sapiens. I think he's a brilliant guy in certain ways, but he's a kind of a spokesperson and an advisor for the World Economic Forum. He has said things like uh, the idea that there is a soul or a spirit that's over. In other words, we have but that makes transcend- him a child. You see the problem that makes him a child. Yeah. He's an idiot. If you are an idiot, you have no business trying to run the world. You are taking humanity backward to the Stone Age. That's a yeah. problem. Where does he get off on doing anything? It's like science is stuck a hundred and plus years ago. It's it cannot even do research now it has there has been no fundamental advancement of physics in more than a hundred years they yes they have built fancier electronic toys we have to admit that and they've made more theories string theory and so on but they're all theories they cannot test them because they cannot risk finding consciousness it stopped with Max Planck. We know that. You know that. Yeah. Absolutely. But I'm just thinking about my my old mindset before I came across the scientific evidence that you're referring to. And I, in some ways, can relate to what Harari is saying, because I thought science was teaching us, because I wasn't aware of consciousness science. Uh, I thought science was teaching us that anything religious or spiritual was some kind of a superstition that we as a society were transcending. And to believe in anything spiritual or religious was to go back into the Stone Ages. And so I, I know that mentality of of many of the people. I, I think in some cases, and look, I'm not inside their heads, so I don't know exactly what their incentives are or their motives, but I do think some of them are are confused or they just do not they don't see it. And in their view, from their warped worldview, what they're doing is actually in some way good. And that is a spiritual, I don't know if you want to call it a spiritual war. That's a term I've used. It is a spiritual challenge for us as a society, I think. And that's why I, I wanted to write about this book and talk about it, that we're being pushed in a very particular direction by powerful people. And therefore, it's an opportunity for us to transcend it spiritually. And I don't think it's, I think opportunity is not maybe the right word. I think we, it's an imperative. We have to in order to evolve. It's an imperative, yes, but they're basically trying to slam the door on it. Mm-hmm. Right. So what does that say spiritually, Roberta? That's what I'm trying to get to. What is the challenge we're being faced with? Because let's 
in a lot of our previous conversations and many other people that I've talked to in the space of understanding the primacy of consciousness, we talk about the need to transcend materialism. And I do think that's a very important part of the solution for our collective evolution. But I'm increasingly thinking that it is a necessary but insufficient aspect of our evolution. And what do I mean by insufficient? I mean that just just believing in the in the absence of separation is not enough here. I think there's a level of discernment that's also needed, meaning we have to identify what's going on and identify a potential deception and then say no to things that are not aligned spiritually. So it's a, it's a, it's slightly different than just acknowledging the interconnectedness of all things. It's a much more active level of discernment and trying to um, understand what's happening in the world without just accepting everything we're given. But we may be denied the option of of continuing to investigate consciousness. If this, if 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 these fellows, if these folks take over the world, I mean, we we know what they did. They they shut down. For example, we we could all be treated like Jews. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hitler is coming back. That's what these folks really are. They are Hitler in disguise. They all wear little black mustaches. Yeah. I agree. It's the same kind of an ideology, a very totalitarian view, but it's marketed often as something compassionate. If you read the language, they talk about a more compassionate society and and the initiatives that they talk about are are typically uh, presented that way, that this is going to be helpful. This is about the collective. Hitler so too. it's really important to see through that. Hitler presented, presented provide, preside, uh, provided that you were Aryan. Hitler was very compassionate, mm-hmm. but yeah. but you and I are, are not going to look Aryan. It provided that we say we are going to study consciousness. Suddenly, we're all Jews. Exactly. It's just the metrics have changed in terms of what's not acceptable to the right. the powers that be. And one of the the terms that I think is very important is collectivism, because this came up in Nazi Germany or communist regimes or any totalitarian system typically sees this, where um, the collective matters more than the individual. And I want to talk about this from a spiritual lens, because I, I do see that there is some confusion and differing opinions on this topic, where at one level, we are interconnected and one. So I could see the appeal of collectivism and there are aspects of collectivism that I think are good. In other words, help other people. I'm all for that. But what happens in extreme collectivism and horrific things happen when it goes in this direction is the individual gets lost. So the authorities can say, well, we have to do this horrible thing to a few individuals because it's for the greater good. And then you can justify horrible things. And and the, 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 the paradox to me is that we're both individuals and the collective, and both have to be accounted for, not just one. It, it's just absolutely alarming. I mean, and and no, pro, there will be no progress. There'll be no progress for a thousand years if these people take over. And even more than that, what I wonder, Roberta, is what are the spiritual implications for each individual soul? If we have a society that is totalitarian in nature and even influenced with technology where our consciousness is directed in certain places, does that, and this is a question, does that inhibit our soul's evolution? Yes. There's no question about that. I mean, um, we, we've seen what how it was inhibited 
um, in the in the uh, early part of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Um, there, for ex- just for one little example, um, the the way that uh, that the the religious uh, preachers would would tell the the uh, people that uh, um, that they were that they used to tell people that if you see anybody that is is that you think is one of your your uh, relatives uh, that's actually a demon pretending to be your relative don't go with them and and millions of people were then stuck and and didn't follow their deathbed visitors mm-hmm. and that was a real problem uh, in the early part of the 20th century people would not follow their deathbed visitors they they were therefore stuck and there and that's how you make ghosts hmm. and they had to all be many many more people than as it is now close to to their they're saying that temporarily close to half of people um get stuck even now but even but it was many more people back then just because of stupid ministers who who told people don't follow your deathbed visitors what's going to happen when klaus schwab is telling them uh uh you know it, it there, there is no afterlife. Right, you're going to blink out like a light, and then so we're going to have everybody wandering in 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 fog for centuries. A- Nobody's going to make it to the afterlife. Then, I mean, this is an existential horror without parallel that we are facing with this absolute fool idiot. And what I think makes this more dangerous than what we've seen in the past, because some might counter argue and say, well, we've seen totalitarians try to do this before. But what's unique is that we have the technology to be able to do things on a global scale that could yes. not have been done before. So that yes. is the the big existential threat. And I, that's a very good point you make, Roberta, about essentially the, the censoring of spiritual information and the dangers of that. And one of the things we hear from the World Economic Forum, among other bodies, is the threat of so-called disinformation. And the problem with that is who gets to determine what information is not allowed? What if they say, oh, you're not allowed to read Dean Radin's work or Bruce Grayson's work on near-death experiences because yes. that's that's not part of the reality that science knows. It, it is, this, is, this is an existential horror in my lifetime without, without parallel. I have never seen anything like what these people are setting out to do. In their massive, willful, arrogant ignorance, without parallel, as I say, in my long lifetime, I've never seen anything like what these people are setting out to do. And I would argue that it's they're they're they're, 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 it's Hitler trying to put on a smiling face. Yes, that's what these that's what the Great Reset is. Mm -hmm. And we have to reject it as we've never rejected anything. And it starts with the awareness to be able to see through what's happening and to even know this is going on. Because if you just watched, turn on the TV and watch the news, you wouldn't necessarily put the pieces together. And that's why I said, I've got to write this. You might get a few nuggets, but when you see everything together that they're talking about, uh, technological change, political change, economic change, sociocultural change, the weaponization of environmental issues, that it's a very comprehensive strategy that's been laid out. It's so stupid. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's 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 weaponized stupidity and ignorance on a massive scale, massive, and to right. no purpose. I mean, these are old people doing this. I mean, they're soon all going to die individually, and it won't hurt them. 
because they're not they're not going to be their own victims. It'll hurt the people who are young now. Well, I'll tell you what I, one of the things I'm worried about from my own experience, um, you know, having worked in investment banking in New York and been in Silicon Valley and going to an Ivy League school, I see a lot of the I, I understand the mentality in those circles, generally speaking, of course, there are exceptions, but it's it's a mentality that is generally against spirituality and it listens to the quote unquote expert class. And then if you're not an expert, then maybe you're not worth listening to. And that that's very dangerous because what if the experts are manipulating things? It's almost like for certain people that I know, it's uh, too much of a paradigm shift to question the expert class. And this is how otherwise good people and people who care a lot can get trapped. So one of the big questions is, will there be people in positions of influence who can see through this and start to make changes at high levels in addition to the grassroots? I don't know. All I know is um, that one of the things that that, um, I I think that you said it in your book, every time the word great is involved, (laughs) stay away from it. I mean, the, the, the great leap forward in China, how many millions upon hundreds of millions of people died from that? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, um, the, you know, uh, what, was, what was his name? Oh, Lord. Every time there's a great anything, when they're trying to make a great massive change, they always screw up the lives of millions and millions of people. Yeah. The most stupid things are, are, are big attempts to do big big changes for for the for the good and it's always screws people up lyndon johnson when he decided he was going to really solve a lot of things for a lot of black people he brought destroyed the black family it it just oh it's always a mess never trust government to do anything positive because it never works out ever And I think what's always important, and I've come to appreciate this more as I've researched, is to see beyond the marketing of what something is. Because often what's marketed will show you the tiny little area where the policy or the strategy is beneficial to maybe certain people, but it excludes or omits the 30,000 foot view where it's actually completely the opposite of compassionate to everybody else. Great leap forward. And they were going to make all that iron in all those little backyard kilns. And how many hundreds of millions of Chinese people died as a result? And then they decided one child, oh, we've got a one child policy is going to be great. Well, it turns out that by the end of this century, the, 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 the Chinese are going to have a smaller population than the population of the United States. Because now nobody wants to have any children in China. That was those were the two stupidest things you could ever have done in China, and they did them both. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, and, and unfortunately, uh, reducing the population is one of the things that you do hear a lot from influential circles and the World Economic Forum. A concern that there are too many people on the planet, already, and of course that already yeah. it's been it's too late to fix it. Already, <laughs> the, the population of the world has already peaked at 8 billion and it's already going down. Yep. Yeah. You're absolutely right. That's true. And they worry and they, but I, I asked the question of, of basically if you, if you're concerned, there are too many people, then who gets to make the decision about how 
the population is reduced and what are the mechanisms? And that's where it can start to get really dark and I think spiritually dark. But it's already too late. Already there the the population of the world is is has turned around and it's going to be there are going to be too few people. It, it that's turned out that's mark my words, um there are people living now who are going to hear um hurry up and have more children because the the population of the world is already too small. Mm-hmm. You're going to remember having heard Roberta Graham say that. Well, to me, the first step with all of this is awareness to acknowledge what's happening and see the big picture. And step two is to uh, enact an alternative to it. I mean, there was a a book that I reference in my own book. It's called The Great Regression. (laughs) They're calling The Great Reset a regression where that we're moving society in a negative direction. So what's the opposite of that? How do we move it in? How do we transcend all of these various initiatives to make a more free and prosperous and spiritually evolved society? So I don't know how this is going to play out, but I think it's incumbent upon each individual for their own spiritual development, in addition to the global, uh, the collective, to be very aware of what's going on. And it's because it can be easy to stick one's head in the sand and say, look, I don't want to think about these things. I'm too busy with my life. I think it's we have to be responsible and be aware and to say no where appropriate. Every time the government says, hi, I'm from the government, I'm here to help, you know to run in the other direction, they're never helpful. Every time you want positive change, it's got to come from the individual and it's got to be spiritually based. The individual is the only thing that ever changes society for the better, and it's got to be spiritually based. And that's what we're working on now. Mm-hmm. The, I totally the, agree. The, the the secular spiritual changes that Jesus is beginning now will work, and I don't know that there and there there are Eastern spiritual changes too that can work. There are people working on those now, but religions can't change things. Religions are collectivist; they ne- that never works either. Mm-hmm. Spirit has to make the changes. And and spirit is working on those changes, but they've got to come from the heart. They can't come from the human mind. People are always in it for for the ego, and the ego doesn't help. That's what's that's what's going on in Davos. The ego is trying to, you know, what's in it for me? How can I make myself rich by doing something for myself? That that I can make people think is going to help them. That never works. That's always. These screwy great leap for, leaps forward that are, are never thought out enough not to cause more harm than good. And we saw during COVID, for example, the rich got richer in many cases and the lower yes. classes were hurt. And so that is a theme to be concerned about. And another oh. just um, kind of ideo- aspect of the ideology that I see is what I've described as an anti-human mindset where human beings are are dispensable and almost like numbers. Yes. And that is completely against a spiritual notion of what a human is, that each human is a part of the collective consciousness, a a spark of the divine within each person. So it's a complete flip. Yes, absolutely. This book, I recommend that everybody read. Consider it to be insurance. It's not a fun book to read. It'll make you want to throw it at the wall. I did throw it, but only once. 
Um, after that, I decided I didn't want to have to paint the walls, so I didn't throw it more than once. Um, the book is called An End to the Upside Down Reset, The Leftist Vision for Society Under the Great Reset and How It Can Fool Caring People into Supporting Harmful Causes. I recommend this book highly because it's so educational. I mean, I learned a lot about, you know, left versus right and, you know, um, liberal versus what's what's the difference between left and liberal i didn't know the difference till i read this book and and that there's a big difference um this is this is very important stuff if you want to be able to figure out what's really going on even in even in um us politics or in politics in your own country i i didn't know i i don't watch i haven't watched tv in almost 25 years because i've got more important things by far to do with my own work that i i don't have time for that stuff it just you know annoys me and makes makes it so i can't sleep i just can't bother with that but there comes a time when you have to you have to learn a little bit about what's going on. And this, this book was very, very helpful to me. As I say, it made me, made me mad, but, but in a controlled way. And, um, but these people have no good intentions at all. What they're trying to do is they're, they're just imagine each of them with a little that little mustache under their nose and you'll understand exactly what they're up to they are just trying to be hitler that's all and hitler had no good intentions whatsoever he hated everybody who was not uh you know ethnically german and he was trying to take the world over for them giving them Lebensraum, you know, basically giving, making everybody into uh, a white ethnic German. That's all. That's all he was up to. And uh, that was it. And these people do not believe that people have souls. They believe that, you know, you're you're going to die and blink out like a light, which is, of course is wrong. It's, it's just, I mean... If it were true, I would tell you. I have I have spent my life researching this stuff. That is simply not true. Your life really is eternal. I say it to you every week, and I say it to you because it's certainly true. Your life is eternal. But if these people were to take over the world, they would teach everybody that that fact you're going to blink out like a light. And guess what would happen? Because your mind is powerful, you would blink out like a light, and you would have to be rescued one by one by those who know better. It would take a long time, and it would be just a waste of time, energy, and effort uh, before you would could finally go where you're supposed to go, which is to where life really is eternal. It would be a disaster of epic proportions if these people got their way. So each of us now is sadly a foot soldier in the army of truth against horror because these people these people's egos are getting in the way of what should be their common sense but this is a wonderful wonderful book because it is um, a warning to us all about what can happen if people's people's egos do get in the way of their common sense we're, we're 
coming, we're not quite at the end of our time, but I want to make sure that the most important information gets to people. What do you want people to be thinking about uh, when they when they hear the words Great Reset? Hmm. That's a great question. Well, I, I have a two-part answer. One is about the Great Reset itself, and one is about maybe the future if it's not called the Great Reset. I think when one hears the Great Reset to automatically question the narrative that's coming, uh, to ask, is this actually going to be beneficial in the way that it's being marketed to us? And sometimes it might not be called the Great Reset today. It might just be called a policy that's being endorsed by the World Economic Forum, something like that. And it's all part of the Great Reset ideology. So really to be questioning of it and to be aware when when this is happening and to just have your antennae up. And the second answer is, you know, we're having this discussion today in 2023 and the terminology might change in the future. Maybe it won't be called the Great Reset. Maybe it'll be called something else, but it's a very similar ideology that we've seen throughout history where people have a desire to control. And like we said earlier, because of the advent of, of all kinds of new technologies, the potential for dystopia exists in ways that we didn't see in the past. And spiritually, that is, in my opinion, a great threat for our evolution. So being aware is really important, not just taking in information that's given and accepting it at face value, always asking the question, do these people have my best intention my in, in mind? Do they have my my uh, best interests in mind? And in, off, in some cases, they might not be thinking about you. I would argue they're often not thinking about you first and foremost. So it's a it's a shift in mindset that I've had to make for myself. And I hope that after listening to this interview and hopefully reading the book, that you'll have a similar shift. And generally, it would be in, in, in whatever country you're in, the people on the left in your country are more susceptible to listening to those who might be listening to great resetters, the people on the right in your country would not be listening to them nearly as much. So I would be more suspicious of the people in your on, on the left in your country. Ask them questions. Um, but your your freedom is important. Your freedom to make your own choices, to live as you choose to live, is important. You you don't want people taking things away from you because one of the things that they're talking about doing is is quite is that. They're talking about taking away your right to have your own money, your right to live where you choose to live, and and just your right to to live your own life, to make your own decisions. I think that's important. Um, I want to live my own life. I don't know how you feel, but uh, I certainly don't want um, other people to make my own decisions. I think that's kind of my own province, and and decisions from my children that's also important too i mean if i had children in schools now i would be much more concerned than many parents seem to be about what they're being taught in schools because apparently a lot of this is being taught in schools right now and parents are not aware of that that's that's troubling that's very troubling yes i would agree i think it's the education system the media what we hear from politicians often there is a slant that i speak about in the book and give some statistics on this the entertainment industry as well so it's important to acknowledge that there is a bias in the primary information sources we're all getting. Mark's website is markgober.com. M-A-R-K-G-O-B-E-R. No, um, we'll, we'll we'll put no uh, punctuation. We'll put it in the in the notes as well. But again, I think Mark is Mark is one of my biggest heroes. I just love him. So he'll be back again soon. Oh, my dear friends, we have come to the end of our time. 
And this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Mark, thank you for being here. You know how I love you. So consider yourself hugged. I'm hugging you back, Roberta. It, it's so sweet of you to say such nice things about me. And I, I just really appreciate all that you do and that you give me the opportunity to talk about topics like this and that you are willing to discuss uh, such touchy issues, but such important issues. Well, we some, sometimes we have to, when we see people who have courage, we sometimes have to have a little bit ourselves. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I don't have much courage, but I, whenever I see people like Mark, I take a deep breath. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes, and I'm so happy you could be with us today. Please never forget, you are a powerful, eternal being, no matter what anyone else says to you, it's true. You never began, you never will end, and you, when you really get what that means, it changes everything in your life for the better. Next week, our guest will be the glorious Craig Hogan. He'll be here with the four, for the 41st time in 10 years to talk about the geography of the astral plane and how everything fits together with where we are right now. Oh, Craig is the only person who really knows enough to talk about that with me, and please be sure to join us next week. I, I'm... We, he and I may disagree about some things, so you may see a little a little fighting, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, really, I hope. This week, our wonderful, glorious friend, Mark Gober, has been with us for the seventh time, but not the last. If you've been a longtime Seek Reality listener, you know we never do politics here, but we're going to be probably along, skating along the edge of it from now on, whenever Mark is with us, because I've got to get a little more courage about talking about some of this um we've we've all got to be a little more courageous because we've got to defend ourselves in this in the time that's coming uh, a little more courage is going to be necessary and wherever mark goes i'm going to follow him i really believe in what he's doing um this book and into the upside down reset the leftist vision for society under the great reset and how it can fool caring people into supporting harmful causes really is Nazism in the 21st century and frankly Hitler rides again now and none of us every one of us has got to take a side against Hitler there are no other sides that are possible for people who care about the future and care about their loved ones and and whether or not there even will be a future aside from evil um it's up to each of us to learn the truth and then to stand for the truth while we still can we fought off the same nutty ideas in the 20th century. I can't believe it's going to come around again. So, frankly, truth and freedom and righteousness always win. When when people who are of goodwill will stand together, there's nothing that can stand against us. So here we are. And now it's time once again to mention that Seek Reality Online is your one-stop resource for all things afterlife. Just go to SeekReality.com and start to learn for yourself that your own reality really is, really is eternal. And TeachingsByJesus.com is your single resource for all the beautiful divine truths that are brought to us in perfect love by the greatest teacher who ever lived. Master Jesus, oh, Master Jesus, the eternally risen Christ, it really is his turn now. And Christianity, the religion, is finally dying so the teachings of Jesus can finally come alive. Teachingsbyjesus.com is the Lord's own entirely religion-free website made by and for him in perfect love for you. 
As I'm sure you know by now, my nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and for young children, there's The Fun of Meeting Jesus. You can order all these books through bookstores on Amazon.com or on BarnesandNoble.com, and most of the adult books but the last are also available as audiobooks. If you want to talk about anything at all, you, you always can just contact me through the green contact block on RobertaGrimes.com. I answer all my emails just please be sure to give me your correct email address past episodes of seek reality are available wherever podcasts are found and many people just listen each week through the free seek reality app which you can find wherever free apps are available meanwhile this has been seek reality with roberta grimes please enjoy and make the most of this coming week in our one reality always knowing that you are a powerful eternal being And you, and most of all in the entire universe, you in particular are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything. 